Welcome into another episode of We're Talking. We're talking baseball, raging Cajun baseball with voice of the Cajuns, Jay Walker. Good evening, Jay. Hi. <laughs> we have had a cocktail or two. And for those that are counting, it may be more than two, but we're not going to tell you. We're drinking a little Russell's Reserve, 10 year old, uh, for $32 or $35. It's got to be by far the, the best. The best whiskey in the market. So, 10-year-old at that, too. But that's not why we're here, unless you wanted to sit and we can talk bourbon. But uh, not a good weekend for the Cajuns. No. Um, I mean, but if we can go back uh, a little bit, we had Louisiana Tech in on, on that week, right? That, on that Tuesday. And it's always good to beat Louisiana Tech, even mm-hmm. if it is a midweek game. Indeed. And then we we dropped one to Southeastern. Uh, but at somewhere, the odds are going to get you, I guess. Well, you know, I think the the loss to Southern Miss and the Friday loss to um, Troy kind of go hand in hand. I mean, you just you just gave up too much in that game. Um, gave up too many free base runners. And then you quit giving away free base runners. But unfortunately, you couldn't score to go ahead and, and, and get that lead. And then, uh, you know, they hit one over the right field wall off of Stephen Cash and, uh, you know, bang, you know, you, you wind up losing by one run. But the runs they gave them early were gifts. And uh, then you saw it again uh, on Friday because on Friday you score six. That ought to be enough. And uh, that was very disappointing. Saturday, you know, look, Friday, you look at the lineup and you got to barge in the three hole. You got Brock hitting seventh because the because finally. The line, the the guys that you want are are there. Well, DeBarge, you know, has one at bat and he's got to come out. And then the next day, Brock is sick, uh, and I think that you know both of those things affected uh, affected the teams. Well, you got to rise above that. Yeah, shut up. You you have no idea what it what it takes when you, when you lose your best juice guy, and then you lose the guy, the straw that stirs the drink uh, on consecutive days. So that was very tough. I, I think they did a great job of battling back on in the second game. Um, Blake McGee, he did a great job. And then, you know, Cooper Rawls came in and did what Cooper Rawls does. You know, in the first game of the doubleheader, was, it, it was um, unfortunate. But, you know, when they took Nazu out of the game, the Cajuns were still very much in the game. Yes. In fact, uh, you know, I had kind of hoped that they would let him go ahead and get that last out of the fifth. And David Christie, who's been pretty reliable this year, um, you know, he he goes out and the the hit batsman parade uh, lights up again. It was unfortunate. I mean, you, you had the guys you wanted out there uh, on the bump. It just didn't work out. It's one of those things that it, it is, as fans, it's frustrating. But at the same time, you got to look at when we talk about, Coach Robe used to talk about it, the alpha male, and you've got these guys like DeBarge and Brock uh it, it even though they're there you got your captains and everything guys like marshock i think i'm not saying it's hard for him to do it but at the same time he hadn't been hitting well he's been playing great in the field but he hasn't been hitting well now all of a sudden his batting average is starting to roll uh over 300 his last eight or nine games now yeah uh, you know you're not that far Okay, let's let's get Debo back and healthy, and let's get Julian back and healthy, 
and then um, let Marshak continue to do what he's doing lately, you're you're going to be pretty tough one through eight and one through nine if Veyon gives you anything. Um, so I'm, you know, I still think that once you get everybody healthy and ready and in the lineup at the same time, this is a team that's going to go back to scoring a lot of runs. It's one of the, it's, it is in what I think a lot of people don't understand is that one batter protects the other batter from being pitched around from if you've got everybody hidden in your lineup like you would want them to hit. Sure. Sure. So, Absolutely true. And I, I have no problem with uh, guys like Marshak leading off versus Robichaud. Robichaud, yes, has a great on-base uh, percentage. But when when a guy like Marshak, though, can give you that leadoff home run at the beginning of the game and well, set the tone. I, I think the other thing is this. Where does Marshak want to hit? Okay. And the reason I ask that is – all right, you put him in that leadoff spot. He's still not hitting for a very high batting average, but he has lately and he's shown some power. There's no guarantee if you're hitting him ninth that you're getting the same thing. You know, there's a there's a mental part of this game as well. And I think that when Matt reinstalled him at the top of the lineup, he was showing some confidence in Marshak, and I think Marshak has responded. Now, Matt talks about the fact he's made an adjustment at the plate, and I'm sure that's true. But I think I think part of that's mental as well. I, I agree with you totally. And I think with a guy that, that's been here that has been doing that, that for us, I think he deserves a little respect and a little bit of uh, confidence in him that Coach Deggs has showed him. So I, I like him at the top of the lineup, and especially with – if you can get him on base or he hits a home run, then you got Robichaud coming up next. And if he's moving, if he's just moving uh, Marshak over, you got a guy in running position. position. Let's talk a bit, a, a bit about the mental part of baseball. Um, bring the bring the Cajuns' uh, individual stats oh. up if you can. I can. It may take a few minutes, but because there's there's something I I, I want to point out. Um, that has become one of the new battle cries, I guess, of, uh, you know, of the critics, um, especially because of what happened um, yesterday. Now, if you if you take a look, all right, now let's find Higgs, okay? Higgs is hitting 343, right? Five doubles, three homers, 10 runs batted in, 13 strikeouts. Now, he's 12 out of 35. That's what he's done overall. Coming off the bench, he's got 19 at-bats, 10 hits, all three of his home runs. If you look at what he's done on nights, he's been the starter. He's 2 out of 16 with 9 strikeouts. And I'm just here to tell you, that some people are going to say small sample size or whatever. But this is a kid that just does better coming off the bench. And this is not the first time I've ever seen this in the, in the years that I've been doing this. So, you know, I, I don't understand why Higgs isn't in the lineup. Well, and the answer is it hasn't worked out for him when he has been. And he just exudes so much confidence coming off the bench 
that I don't see as much in his body language when he starts a game. I, I, um, I, I hope that at some point in time that catches fire and, and he's ready to be the guy every day at whatever position. And perhaps next year he will be. Um, but in the meantime, he's a great weapon off the bench. But so, you, you know, you, you're going to go with uh, your senior, the guy who's runs a little bit better, perhaps a little bit better defensively. Um, and then, you know, use, use Higgs when, when it's time to use him. Because when you bring him off the bench, he's really good. I, I I agree with everything you're saying there because I don't think we look at as fans numbers breaking them down as when that number is up on the on the scoreboard. Yeah, and and you know, I'm fortunate in that I get a I get a packet every week from Matt Sullivan uh, with all sorts of stuff. And one of the, the things that they give you is starter statistics, non-starter statistics. And you get to go ahead and, and compare them, um, which is where I really picked up on it. But I'll tell you, he is such a weapon when he comes off the bench. And he hits – the thing that I love about Higgs – there's a lot of things I love about Higgs. Okay, first of all, I, I just love Higgs, period. I think he's great. Um, he's the one who hit you with the baseball, right? Yeah, he's the one who tried to kill me. Um, but he is, he's a guy who's always smiling. He's a great teammate. Uh, he works really, really hard. Uh, he's an outgoing, uh, type of young man, uh, smiles a lot. I, I really like Higgs a lot. And, and every time he has success, I'm really happy for him. But the thing about Higgs that impresses me is his power to left center field as a left-handed hitter. He does not have to turn on a ball and pull it in order to hit it out of the ballpark. And, um, and he showed that again, he, you know, he hits a ball to left center and it gets out. And I was, uh, I'm just, just really, really happy for him. You know, he's, he's a, he's a good guy. You know, we uh, don't often talk about a guy that uh, doesn't start, doesn't play. That's a red shirt this season, but Connor Doucette, you, I heard you and Brad talk about him mainly because number three is out there on, on the wall retired, but number 49 was Ron Guidry's number. Right. right. And, uh, but that kid is always hustling. He's the guy for those that don't know that he's the guy that, that runs down the balls when, when it gets past the catcher or a foul ball. He's the guy who brings the, the, the new set of balls out to the umpire. He's, he's a very, very good teammate. Um, he's a freshman this year. Now he has pitched. Okay. Which burns his red shirt. Um, I think he's pitched two thirds of an inning, but, um, you know, he's another one of those guys that, um, yes, I'm sorry. Has a, has a little bit, I think has a little bit of a future and, and that's, that's good to know. You know, you've got these freshmen to set as one Stephen cash, um, you know, cash gets a, a chance against Southeastern. And does a great job. Unfortunately, he gives up the ball that goes over the yard and he winds up getting the loss. But he pitched really, really well in that game. And he's going to get other chances. And I got a chance to talk to Steven's dad, Wes Cash, after the game. And we were just talking about him, um, you know, talking to, to, to Steven and, you know, and telling him, look, you know, you could have gone to a lesser division one school or a D2 school and you'd be pitching a lot. But guess what? You're here. 
with a team that is winning and a team that, you know, the, the, all of the guys, you've got great team chemistry and all of that. So just keep plugging away. Your time is going to come. And he basically said that to me. And of course I pulled up my, um, my cuff on, on my shirt where it said, of course, work while you wait. And, uh, but you know what, when the parent says, just keep working, your time's going to come. That means an awful lot to a young man. I, I did not realize um, the name sounded familiar. And I was wondering because his dad follows me on Twitter. So it was one of those things. I didn't know who I didn't put two and two together, but no, Wes gets it. Okay. There, there's some parents don't get it. Not a lot of them. Fortunately, if you've got a good team, most of the parents are going to get it, but he gets it. And as a result, you know, his, his son hears that and his son says, okay, all I got to do is keep working as opposed to getting, look, there are a lot, there, sometimes freshmen come in and they can, they can start hanging their lip a little bit because, uh, because they're not pitching as much as they want to. But, um, you know, with, with a dad, you know, like he's got, that's not an issue. And that's a good thing. Well, that's what I was going to say is, you know, uh, you, know you, you get to meet the players, whether it be on the bus or along uh, the hotel or whatever. And I sit there and my view is in the Cajun dugout. And you see guys like C.J. Willis and Coach Deggs talked about C.J. being a great teammate. He's always the first one out of the dugout to greet the pitcher. He's always the first one that's going to grab a bat that's been left on the ground. You know, he, I mean, but those all, I don't see anybody that does that. I guess there's, there's a lot of what I'm going to call servant leadership uh, on that team. And, and you've got to have it in order to, because look, you only put out nine at a time. You got 35 to 40 on your roster. And um, a lot of them wind up spending a lot of time in the dugout. And, but if you've got kids with character, uh, who are willing to work while they wait and and decide that I'm going to do whatever I have to do in order to make this team successful, even if that's be the bullpen catcher, okay? Um, if When you got a bunch of guys like that, then you're going to have success and you might even play better than your talent. I think that I think this team did that last year. And honestly, I think to an extent they're doing it this year too. Not, not as consistently as we'd like though. Yes. Heading to Baton Rouge tomorrow night. Yeah. What do the Cajuns have to do besides pitch and hit? I, I, and I would I would throw. I would say when LSU gets up to bat, you have some raw meat and you throw it at home plate. And when they stop to pick it up, you throw a couple strikes by them. Since the BB core bats came in about 10 years ago, this is the best offensive baseball team I've seen. Um, certainly the best LSU team uh, that we've seen. And They've they've had some very unfortunate things happen with their pitching staff, which makes them kind of mortal, I guess. But um, offensively, man, they're as good as it gets. And all you have to do is look at the number of times they've scored eight or more runs this year. I mean, and it's been a bunch of them. So the Cajuns are going to have their hands full. Fluno's going to get the start, and uh, we'll see how how he does uh, against that LSU lineup. But that is a very scary lineup that he's going to face tomorrow night. It is. And, and you know, I joked about it with Danny Reed tonight when we were talking with Danny about Sunbelt Conference uh, baseball that I felt that if they don't win the College World Series this year, they need to fire their coach. And, of course, I don't believe that, but it, it, they have a scary team 
They really do. Uh, and, you know, it's a shame that the pitching has gone through the injuries that they have. Because, look, there's some great arm. There were some great arms on that team at the beginning of the year. And uh, it would have been hard. Well, you know what? We thought there was no way Tennessee could lose yes. last year, right? And and they wound up losing. But it would have been hard to bet against the Tigers had uh, if, if their pitching had stayed uh, the way it was at the beginning of the season. And I think even despite that, they, they've got a chance to, to, to be in, in Omaha and do some really good things once they get there. Yeah, it, it's a midweek game, but at the same time, it's not a midweek game. Everybody wants to win it, and there's there's 50 miles uh, separating the two schools, and it's uh, if it's only for that night, it's bragging rights. So sure, it's I, I'm looking very much forward. Well, to and it. you know, if you remember, LSU came to Russo Park, and they spanked the Cajuns pretty good. Yes, and Matt Deggs was furious when it was over with, not because LSU was at, but because he didn't feel like his team competed. And I will, I'm going to say this, the Cajuns are going to compete tomorrow night may not be enough, but they are going to go out and they are going to compete. And I think you're going to see a different Cajun team than what you saw in the fall. At this point in time, I don't know, even if the Cajuns play their best ball, that the Cajuns will beat them. But at the same time, there is a lot of baseball left to be played And this game is only one game of 60. You know, something that, you know, we, we did the earlier uh, talk when, when Danny had joined us, and, and we've been doing this. Here's something we haven't talked about. The Cajuns have had their ups and downs swinging the bat. They've had some guys who've had trouble getting untracked. Uh, consistency on the pitching staff has been a big question for this team. But here's something that's not a question. This team can play defense. Yes. This is a very good defensive team. They've got their fielding percentage up to 980. Um, it, it, they have really, really done an outstanding job this year, picking it and throwing it. They've made some spectacular plays, but the most important thing is they've made the routine play over and over and over and over again. They turned three double plays in game two. Uh, yesterday, which they needed because it was, it was a two to one game. And and it was, you know, and, and, you know, there was a question, I, I think for some of, could Marshak turn the double play? Well, the answer is yes, he can. Um, you know, John Taylor, I want to say had seven or eight assists in the game. This is, this is a very good defensive team. To, uh, to take that into comparison over the last 23 years, uh, that is tied for the best fielding percentage through how many games have we played? Sorry. 35. 35 games uh, with 2017 and 18. So that tells you how good this, this team really is. No, this, this team has Defensively. Been, been great on defense. They haven't turned as many double plays as some teams have because you haven't seen as many ground ball pitchers, okay, from the from the Cajuns that maybe you've seen. In, I mean, I remember that one year, I, I think it was uh, – oh, gosh um, – now I can't I can't even remember the, the the kid's name that played for us, but you know we had 67, 68, close to seventy double plays one year. I think we're at about twenty six right now, but that's because we don't have near as many ground ball pitchers. A little bit halfway past the conference uh, halfway point. Um, I really don't even want to talk about JMU. I think the Cajuns go up there, they handle their business, they'll be fine. But at the same time, there have been some. 
outstanding plays, and, and you mentioned one of them, John Taylor. And what does he bring to this team? I mean, a guy that was on the bench, essentially. Yeah, but you know what? You know, Taylor's an interesting story. He's from Tiger to Oregon. Um, and, and he's a kid that uh, when he was playing junior college ball, his coach said, expect a call, you know, from this team. And he goes, what, the Raging Cajuns? Because he had seen some videos of Hayden Cantrell. And so he was familiar with the program a little bit. So all it took for them to say, would you like to? And he said, yes, I would. So, I mean, he really, really wanted to be here. And um, I think he's attacked that from the very beginning. Uh, he's a really, really nice young man. He's kind of got a little baby face. Yeah. Um, but he but he brings some juice. And he had to ramp up the juice box when DeBarge went down. But he's he's come through at the plate. He's hit, I think, with more power than they expected him. Um He's played a great shortstop, which is his natural position. Okay. okay. They've been playing him at second and third, but he is a shortstop and he's done a really, really good job there. And, and he's just gotten a lot of key hits and, and he's, I think he's one of those guys who's one of the spiritual leaders of this team right now. Not a funny story, but an interesting story. So when I had Randy's uh, great, my brother, Randy's grandson at the ballpark, brought him up Told you and Brad hello and got right. a picture and everything. Sure. Well, after the game, we go down the field and we take pictures with some of the players. And and I make Jace go up and and tell them, ask them all, can I have a picture with you? Well, we're going in the dugout. So you want a picture in the dugout on the bench? And Jace is like, yeah. So we're going and and John Taylor's coming out and he goes, do you want a picture? And I said, yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm say I said, Jace, come take a picture over here. And he goes, no. I, do you do you want a picture with him on the bench? He was going to take our picture, and I said, "You're John Taylor," and he and he, he was like almost shocked, and he goes, "Yes, I yes, sir." I mean, just I I, I don't know. He made Jace's day. Uh, he made my day. He's uh, I, I I like him a lot, and uh, and he he plays with an attitude. You know, you got to have some guys that play with an attitude, and. He is one of them. Um, and and he's been a he's been a spark for this team. And and let me tell you, I heard, you know, you have critics all the time that are gonna, you know, criticize this player or that player. I haven't heard anybody criticizing John Taylor. He's had a hell of a year. He's had uh and I don't have his uh, statistics up as far as, but you know, that that's one of the things that I look at when going in a little bit deeper uh with in regards to not looking at just, I, I look at hit, situational hitting and everything else, but at the same time, how they're playing the field. And he's just unbelievable there there as well. And I'm trying to pull it up as we're, we're talking. 946, okay, but at the same time, you look at his last 20 games or so, he yeah, hasn't had any issues. Start, start with the uh... – the South Alabama error, forget that and let's go. You've got four, uh, seven, Two, three, four, nine, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So you went you you went into the, your eleventh game where he was um errorless. Twelve out of thirteen games without an error. And yeah. and you know, and then if you look back, he had a few early in the season. Yes. He's got seven as it stands right now. 
but he hasn't had many lately. No, I, I, I just enjoy the energy he brings to the field and both offense and defensively. And I've got to believe come around uh, and I don't want to look ahead, but come around next year, he's one of the leaders on this team. Oh, I don't think there's any question about that. So anybody else you want to talk about before we sign off on first to Julian Brock, hopefully he's feeling better. Have not been uh, able to hear back uh, on how he's doing. Coach Stegg said he would. I I probably... actually I actually texted Julian a little while ago and and asked him how he was doing. And I said, you know, it, it, make sure you're ready to come back is basically what I said. And he said he he agreed. You know, he said I, I I'm not pushing it. I'm I know how I feel today, and hopefully I'll feel a little better tomorrow. I I if, if he can't play tomorrow night. That's okay. That's, uh, That's yeah. totally okay. And I get why Co- Coach wants him in the lineup because he's one of our – Because he's Julian Brock. Yeah. But, but, but at you the know same what? time, I think it kind of messed up our batting order there a little bit. So No question. So, um, so I'm – you know, uh, I I think I, – I feel comfortable in saying he'll be back next weekend. Yes. Uh, against James Madison. Don't know about tomorrow, but he should be good to go on the weekend. Anybody else that that uh, we've we talked about Marshock? I think he's coming around nicely, and if if Marshock hits his stride uh, and plays the way he's played the last ten games, we are going to be very fine as a baseball team. We've got to we've got to get some pitching going, like the fact that Cooper Raw is coming in on Friday night to start Friday night. Yeah, um, you know, Jay Cameron's got a little groin uh, yeah. issue. And so he's going to be undergoing treatment. Don't know if he'll be available this weekend or not, but, um, but Cooper Rawls is going to get the start on Friday and he has, he's been so incredibly consistent all year long. And, you know, he's only had one conference start. Now he's going to get his second and hopefully it'll be as good as his first one was. He's pretty good in the first one. Well, I'm, I'm, is that something that we can find a stuff vulture? To give, give to him <laughs> as an award at the end of the season, seven uh, seven wins as a relief pitcher plus a save. Uh, yeah, he's kind of he's kind of been the vulture, but that's okay. Uh, you know, you just know that if he comes in the game, the game's tied. Cajuns are going to win. It, it's it's interesting to to uh, I shouldn't say interesting. It is fun to watch him come in because he has been uh, so dominant at times, and and you feel so much better relaxed knowing that he's coming in the game. You're not worried, I guess. No, you're not. As a matter of fact, you know, I remember how I used to feel whenever Dylan Moore would come into a game. Yeah. And I I don't know that I'm quite there yet because it got to the point where, you know, I, I wanted to, in fact, I talked to Tony. I said, when Demo comes into a game, you got a flash on a scoreboard, this game's over, you know, <laughs> and it, are you out of your mind? Well, I'm just, I'm just saying coach, you know, uh, I don't know that, that I'm willing to do that, but he, uh, I feel very, very confident whenever I see him on the mound. He pitches with authority and even uh, he, he just, he, 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 he pitch- has done what the Cajuns needed at the right he, time. He pitches with intent. He pitches with yeah. just a the middle finger. Yeah, pretty much. You know, Alanis Morissette, you know? Yeah, exactly. I got your, uh, no, but it, it's been, uh, hopefully Dylan Toyd's back soon. We'll see that. I, I know Coach Deggs spoke on several radio programs this uh, today, saying that he expected him back uh, for this weekend. So we'll see. But it'll be fun to watch. Uh, I, I do think some guys, think Tate, Christie, all of those guys are capable, and hopefully they step up and continue 
uh, to play. Going to need them this weekend for sure because this is a big series for the Cajuns. Especially on the road. I think that's uh, it's a much different ball game. Uh, JMU, it'll be very interesting to see what happens there. So. Yep. All right, I asked this already. Final thoughts? Big weekend this weekend. Um, you know, you, it's a, it's a long trip. It's a long flight. Uh, you're going to be in a different part of the country. Um, there's going to be a, toward the end of the series, it's going to be cold. Um, I think fortunately Sunday night is going to be the coldest night. It's going to get down to the thirties, but we'll be gone by then. I, um, I, I just think you got to go up at the proper mindset because it's going to be very similar to what you had two weeks ago. Uh, the, James Madison will have a little bit more fan support, but you're still going to be in a, a, a different part of the country with a little bit different climate. And you, you know, you, you just got to, you have to go in with the, with the proper frame of mind and then you got to go out and perform. You know, I mean, it, it's great to have a good thought, but if a good, a good thought's got to translate into a good performance and, you know, what the Cajuns are going to be fine if they don't help the other team, you know, and, and if they get, if they get back to, you know, three, four walks a game and, and continue to play great defense, they're going to have a lot of opportunities to win games the rest of the year. Here's my final thoughts. Uh, two, one, do not get caught up no matter what happens in tomorrow night's game in, in Baton Rouge. Do not get caught up one way or the other. Let it go. It's over with. Second of all, uh, my Cincinnati Reds are up 6 nothing in the bottom of the eighth with uh, a runner on first, no one out. And my Cincinnati Reds are saying, Tampa Bay, who? That's right. So suck at the Rays fans. You know any Rays fans? Um, no, you don't. Okay. I don't. The only one I know that is a that I, I don't know him, but is uh, Eric Narcisse. Yeah, yeah, Eric. A, yeah. Eric, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, I was trying to, I, I, I've said, yeah, I, I know the guy, and I'm going to come up with his name in just a second. But, yeah, we're thinking of the same. I listen on Kevin's uh, show. Uh, and for those that are listening, I'm on uh, – I am on 103.7 The Game on Thursday mornings normally, talking with Kevin in the 10 o'clock hour, hour, about 10.15, so – uh, you've been listening to We're Talking. We've been talking baseball, Raging Cajun baseball, with Voices of Cajuns, Jay Walker. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except... Ah, oh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.